ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present The Drive. The Drive with Paul Swan. Welcome into the Thursday, June 20th edition. Happy West Virginia Day, everyone. Paul Swan, your host for this edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Glad you're with me. You can always be a part of the program by calling the Miller Lite phone lines. That's right. You can join us by calling 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. Miller Lite, hold true, great taste, only 96 calories, the original light beer. So today's big day. Not only is it West Virginia's birthday, 156 years going around as a state being not Virginia. It's a big deal. 156 years of being not Virginia. And we still have to point that out. So the struggle continues, but we've got NBA draft coming up tonight. And I'm not going to go into the national side of this. I, I don't care. It's not my thing tonight. No. Instead, we're going to talk about John Elmore. How much of a shot does he have tonight? And before we get into that, we do have a poll question up right now. You can follow me on Twitter at Paul Swan, at Paul Swan on Twitter. Here's today's show poll. Will John Elmore be selected in tonight's NBA draft? That's the question. Now, it's a short poll. You don't have but maybe a couple of hours to vote on this because the NBA draft is coming up tonight. And right now, early voting in shows 87% of you saying no, 13% of you saying yes. So 87 on the no side, 13% saying yes. It's hard getting drafted in the NBA. That's not a knock on John's abilities or anybody's abilities. It's just hard if you're not an elite superstar, major talent from power school. It's hard to get noticed. But if you follow John on Twitter, he's had an odyssey going around the country. He's gotten a lot of opportunities. So I don't think the NBA dream ends tonight for him. If he's not drafted, I think there will be other opportunities. But right now, 17 votes are in. 82% of you say no. 18% of you say yes. And I just threw that poll up a few minutes ago. And we'll go over it again here in a little bit. Speaking of polls, yesterday, also involving Mr. Elmore. Yesterday, I wanted to know, best basketball duo at Marshall University. Here are the results. I gave you four options. I gave you John Elmore and C.J. Burks. That one won. 54% of you said that's the best duo at Marshall University. Now, I thought this one would be a little slanted towards those guys. They're younger. They're top of mind. They just had their run in the CIT, and before that, they had a shot at uh, NCAA glory and got a win, got to the second round. That's never happened for Marshall. So they mean a lot to a lot of people. And I thought, okay, this is an unscientific poll. Let's see what it looks like. And I'm surprised that it was just 54%. I was impressed. Mike D'Antoni and Russell Lee, they got 20% of the vote. Hal Greer, C.B. Price got 17% of the vote. And Skip Henderson and Rodney Holden got 9% of the vote. Now, the biggest name on this poll is Hal Greer. By far one of the biggest names ever to play Marshall basketball. Worthy of a statue, getting a statue. That will be a sight to see when it's finally 
reality. It's actually physically up, and you can come and see that statue. So he got 17%. Heck of a basketball player. So what's John's chances today to make the NBA draft? And seriously, what's his chances? You think he's got a legitimate shot, or do you think that at the end of the day, he's got a better shot at free agency? He's got a better shot of maybe getting on with the developmental league. He's got a better shot of either going that route or going overseas. What's your thought on that? And you can join us, 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. Now, there have been lots of martial basketball players drafted over the years. Uh, it it kind of cooled off in the 80s. And then you got a couple of pickups after that. But there are not that many rounds now in the NBA draft. There are more teams and not that many rounds. Take that for what you will. It's a possibility that he gets picked up. He's a later-round pickup. Maybe someone sees some value in him. Thinks, okay. I'm going to use this pick. I'm going to get some value here. How much do you think his phone's going to blow up after the draft is over? Hey, you know we couldn't draft you, but we'd love to have you come. Because he did work out with a lot of teams. So that's the important thing tonight here is what happens after the draft. Two rounds, 30 picks, 60 picks in the whole draft. And... It's not guaranteed that you get a pick, depending on what your trading situations look like. Some teams have traded and made wheels and deals and picked up free agents and threw draft picks in. So you know, not everybody gets a pick, but 60 picks, whole draft. That's, that's the deal. Two rounds. And it's a little different than the NFL draft, isn't it? NFL draft... You've got a multitude of rounds. It's become an all-weekend event. The NBA draft, on the other hand, I like it because, hey, two rounds, we got our picks, we're done. It's over. We, we've got our picks. We're, we're in, we're out, we're done. And here's the deal on the draft. Again, you got to be at least 19 years old at some point during the draft. If your 19th birthday is the next year, you're too young. If you are from the United States, you've got to be at least one year after the graduation of high school. So that's why you see guys go to college, play a year, and then declare for the draft. You cannot enter the draft right out of high school. Yeah, The one and done, so you can't do that. If a player has not played in college for four years, they must enter the NBA draft by declaring themselves eligible. And you can be in the college system. If you qualify, you can declare. And that's what it looks like. That's the draft. That's why Elmore was smart, I think, and C.J. Burks, to that matter. They were smart in declaring, not taking an agent, working out for some teams, working out, going through the system, getting the feedback, getting the advice, getting everything that they needed to make a well-informed decision, and they decided, okay, I'm going to come back. I'm going to go back to Marshall, finish up my business there. And then Elmar was smart. He did it again. 
got the feedback, worked out, learned everything he needed to know to make the decision that was best for him. Then he came back. That was smart on him. That was smart on C.J. Burks. And then you got Ideen Peniba with the wrong information in his ear, declaring, made a mistake in my mind, but this is hindsight. And also, who am I to tell him, hey, don't go after your dream? I think he made a mistake. It really did because his dream could have been there, could have had a better opportunity, stayed in college. Instead, did not go that route, did not work out for him. So tonight, whatever happens, I think John Elmore has made a great decision, and I think C.J. Burks has made a great decision as well as far as how they've handled it, what they've done. They got the most out of their college career. And now you've seen John, and I haven't seen CJ's tweet as much, so that's probably not his thing. But John has definitely been good at social media, pointing out that he has been at several teams working out for them. You see his jersey collection. Kid loves jerseys. And that's what we're going to all watch tonight. Curiosity. Hey, uh, is there an outside shot? John Elmore makes a team in the NBA draft. Like I said, it's very hard. Two rounds. So what's going to happen tonight? And you can express your opinion on our poll question. Again, online at Twitter, I'm at Paul Swan. So Marshall players in the NBA that have made it after the draft. We'll talk about that when we continue and take your phone calls as well. It's The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. You're listening to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Don't forget, if you missed any part of the program, you can always go back and catch it on Apple Podcasts. Stitcher Radio also. we got TuneIn. we got Spotify. Wherever you get your podcasts is where you can find today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back. Paul Swan, your host for today's edition. So on this West Virginia birthday, on this happy West Virginia day, tonight we're going to watch the NBA draft. We're going to find out if maybe... Just maybe John Elmore makes it in. It's very hard to get into the NBA. You've got two rounds. You've got a multitude of teams. So you have a shot, but you've got to be considered one of those teams that needs to acquire a guy like John Elmore. You think that if you don't get him now, you're not going to get him, and he's going to be worth the draft pick. And that's the evaluation for everybody. Because, let's be honest, if he doesn't get drafted, he still has a shot. But you want to get drafted because then you get to join the list of herd players who have been drafted in the NBA. Now, it slowed down. We had a period from 1985 to 2002 where, in between those years, nobody was getting drafted from the Thundering Herd. And then you go from 2002 to 2010. Hassan Whiteside, the last guy drafted. Now, I'm not talking making an NBA team. I'm talking drafted. That's all we're talking about here. Whiteside, Hassan Whiteside, drafted in 2010. Second round, picked third. Remember he walked down out of the audience? You remember that? That was an uh, interesting uh, way to accept your jersey. But... Hassan Whiteside, most recently. Before that, 2002, it was Tamar Slay. And he was picked in the second round. He was picked with the 24th pick in the 
second round. And overall, that made him the 54th pick. Hassan Whiteside was the 33rd pick overall. Now, we got to go all the way back to 1985. Seventh round, 18th pick in the seventh round, which makes that the 157th pick overall to the Indiana Pacers, the center, Don Turney. So 85, you get a herd player drafted. 84, Laverne Evans, 130th overall, 6th round, 14th pick in that round. He goes to the Dallas Mavericks in 1984. And then in 1983, Charles Jones goes to the Knicks. He was the 196th pick overall. That is ninth round, 12th pick. So now... We go to 1973. So we have a gap there between 83 and 73 where herd players were not drafted. We get two in 73. And really, you get the same guy drafted in 72 and 73. Randy Knoll was drafted in 72 with the Hawks selecting him in the sixth round. He was selected 88th overall. Now, there's a notation on that just to, to give you the rule here. The NBA had a rule which stated a player was not eligible for the NBA draft until four years after he graduated high school. Now, Randy Knoll was eligible for the NBA draft as a junior since he transferred from Kentucky. He was a junior at Marshall when he was selected with the 88th pick in the 1972 draft by the Atlanta Hawks. Chose to return to Marshall. Decided, you know what, I'm coming back. I'm going to play my senior year. And then he was drafted by the Buffalo Braves with the 72nd pick in the 1973 NBA draft. That's the history there. Now, Mike D'Antoni goes second round, second pick, 20th overall. So the 20th overall selection in 1973, Mike D'Antoni, Kansas City, Omaha Kings. Worked out for him, right? He's had a great NBA career, more so as a coach than a player, but still player and coach. And then Randy Knoll getting picked up with the Buffalo Braves. And then you go back to 1972. The 70s, early 70s were calling to the herd because in 1972, first round, six pick overall, Russell Lee signs with the Milwaukee Bucks. So that's a that's a big time pick right there. You're pick six first round, 1972. Still, I mean, I know that's not today's NBA, but sixth overall, that's a big pick. And then as I mentioned, Randy Noel goes 88th overall, sixth round. And then we go to 1971, Milwaukee Bucks. Seem to love them, some herd players. 11th round, 14th pick in that round. That makes that the 182nd pick. In 1971, Blaine Henry got picked up by the Milwaukee Bucks. So we go back a few years. We go to 1968, and three herd players were drafted. Bob Allen was picked 71st overall by the San Francisco Warriors. George Stone was picked up in the ninth round, ninth pick in that round, 115th overall with the Los Angeles Lakers. Worked out for him. Worked out for him. And Bob Red, New York Knicks, 11th round, 7th pick in that round, 141st overall. George Stone, it worked out for him. I mean, here's a guy, ninth-round draft pick, but he didn't play for them or any other NBA team. But he did play with the Utah Stars in 1971. 
He played in the ABA as a member of the Los Angeles Stars. They were then the Utah Stars and the Carolina Cougars. And he did win an ABA championship. So it works out for him. He gets a championship. I credit him with a championship. He won an ABA championship. So 68 was a pretty good year, right? Bob Allen, 71st overall. George Stone, even though he doesn't play, he's drafted and he plays and wins an ABA championship in his career. So we got to go to 1962. Bob Burgess, New York Knicks, fifth round, second pick in that round, 36th overall, just to give you uh, where that was. So he goes 36th overall in 1962. And then we got to go back to 1960, uh, the Cincinnati Royals. Remember them? I, I don't either. 13th round, first pick, 13th round, 85th overall. And you don't hear much about this guy, John Milhone, Cincinnati Royals. He was picked up in the 13th round, but that was the 85th pick overall. Not too shabby, 85th overall. Now we go to 1959, going back up a ways. In the fourth round, first pick overall, and that equals 25th, 25th, Leo Bird. Leo Bird plays for the Cincinnati Royals. You remember them, right? Um, You might know them now as the Sacramento Kings. Now we go to probably the most decorated guy on the list. We move up to 1958. And the second round, sixth pick overall in that second round. Sixth pick overall. Overall, overall, 13th. So let me clarify that for you. Round two, pick six, 13th overall. Hal Greer. Hal Greer. Guy's getting a statue. Deserves a statue. NBA legend. NBA All-Star in 61, 62, 63, 64, 65, 66, 67, 68, 69, 70. NBA All-Star Game MVP in 68. He's an NBA champion in 67. He makes the All-NBA second team in 63, 64, 65, 66, 67, 68, and 69. Also inducted into the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame. That's not shabby. He was named to the NBA's 50th anniversary all-time team. Remember that? Had his jersey retired by the 76ers. And here's a man who, if you talk about herd basketball greatness, not just collegially, professionally, this is the guy. This is the guy right here. Averaged in his career 19.2 points per game. He has on the record books 21,586 points. 5,665 rebounds, 4,540 assists. Also, he was first-team All-Mac back in 1958, by the way. Um, footnote there. This is the guy. This is the, this is the guy who deserves that statue. This is the, the statue, if you want to commemorate someone who had an impact on the sports landscape, Hurry and Hal Greer, right here. And it was picked up by the Syracuse Nationals, which later became the Philadelphia 76ers. Interesting note, the Philadelphia 76ers, the name change became official 
not on the day I was born or the year I was born, but on the day I was born. Yeah, that's right, my birthday. It's an interesting footnote I found there. And then we go to 1957. We're getting towards the end of this list here of C.B. Price. C.B. Price, eighth round, sixth pick in that round. He was 61st overall, picked up by the Syracuse Nationals. Now, C.B. didn't have the career. How did and then uh, we go back to 1956, fourth round. He was 30th overall, Charlie Slack, picked up by the Fort Wayne Pistons. And then Walt Wallowack, third round, second pick, 20th overall, Walt Wallowack. And then here's a footnote for you, a trivia question. Has there ever been a Marshall player selected number one overall in the NBA draft. And if you said yes, then I would ask you, name that player. The first round, the first pick, makes him the overall pick in the 1948 draft for the Providence Steamrollers, Andy Tonkovich. That's right, Andy Tonkovich. How about that? 1948. Born... 1922, Wheeling, West Virginia, and uh, played the point guard position. You know that, right? You know that. Um, the then BAA, the BAA statistics, uh, 44 points, 10 assists, 17 games played. That's crazy, right? The Basketball Association of America, which later became the association, the National Basketball Association. So there you go. Uh, That's your roll-down history. That's the herd history in drafts. Now, if we look at these guys, I mean, there's some names here. There's some royalty, right? This is Marshall basketball royalty, is it not? I mean, you're thinking, here are the legends. Here are the legends of Marshall basketball. Andy Tonkovich, number one overall. Walt Wallowack, you hear his name. Charlie Slack. Hal Greer. Leo Bird. Russell Lee. Mike D'Antoni, legends of herd basketball. Tamar Slay. Yeah, throw him in. Tomorrow's a heck of a player. Tamar Slay. Hassan Whiteside, he's still making his way. I, I don't. He doesn't go down in all-time herd history, though. No. I mean, he might go down as a, a great in the NBA, but he doesn't go down in all-time herd history. Sorry, you, you got to play more in one season, man. I don't know. Here, anecdotal at best here, the story, anecdotal. But um, he was talking to Woody Woodrum, and uh, he thought – Hey, hey, Woody, you think they'll ever put my number you know, up there? And Woody's like, no, man, you got to play two years. You don't just get to be here one year and get your number up. Sorry. <laughs> no. I mean, Woody will tell that story better than I can because was, Woody was there, Woody Woodrum. And I just thought that was funny because of the fact that, guess what? You're right, man. You want to be an all-time great here at Marshall? you got to play. You can't just walk in and block a lot of shots and then leave? No, you want to be an all-time great. You got to go through the John Elmore school of uh, greatness. You want to be an all-time great here. So tonight will we see one Mr. 
John Elmore. Does John Elmore get drafted? Is he going to make his way on the stage, hold up someone's jersey, and begin that NBA dream he's had for a long time? Or does he have to go a different path tonight? We'll talk more about the NBA draft, his chances, and we'll get your phone calls in. You can join the program anytime tonight by calling 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. You can join us on the Miller Lite phone lines. Miller Lite, hold true great taste, only 96 calories. It is the original light beer. we got more on the way. It's The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Now, back to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255 to be a part of today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Of course, we appreciate Miller Lite. That's right, Miller Lite, sponsor of our phone lines this hour. And, of course, you know why? Because it is Miller Lite. It holds true. It's great taste. It's only 96 calories, and it is the original light beer. Our uh, poll is up right now on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter anytime, at Paul Swan, at Paul Swan. And today's show poll, will John Elmore be selected tonight in the NBA draft? 83% of you say no. 17% of you say yes. And so we'll find out. Poll expires here in a couple hours, so that way you guys can't cherry-pick it later and go, hey, I knew all the time. I knew all the time, whatever the answer might be. So that's what's going on, of course. Uh, John, though, John did win the poll yesterday with uh, Elmore and Burks being selected as the best basketball duo at Marshall University. That was tough. I had to really narrow that down a little bit. I get four, if I use Twitter, I get four slots. And I have to abbreviate sometimes because I can't write out a long sentence. It's Twitter. Brevity is supposed to be the uh, theme here. So, I mean, I can't leave Hal Greer out. I can't leave him out. And I can't leave Skip Henderson and Rodney Holden out. I can't leave those guys out. And then I can't leave out D'Antoni and Russell Lee. So if you were going to add to this, if we would redo this, we had like a bracket we just bracketed everybody. Had a bracket of all the greats and put them all up against each other and just let you guys vote them. We would seed them. Elmore and Burks would be a one seed, but uh, I had one reply yesterday. Uh, Demir Pitts and Shaq Johnson. Yes. Demir Pitts and Shaq Johnson. Good duo. Shaq Johnson, a guy that, even though the success at Marshall University wasn't where it could have been, and this guy probably didn't get everything he deserved in his career. Just the situation at Marshall. It's a lot better now. But Shaq Johnson should always be in your mindset as far as greats at Marshall University. He might not be the all-time great at anything statistically, but he's really close. He's up there. He hits a lot of categories. He just played hard. Played Great basketball. He was a leader. Uh, he's had some success overseas. And here's a guy that, even though he's just maybe not getting the credit he deserves, you don't forget this guy. I would take I would take a team with Shaq Johnson. If you're putting together a roster of Marshall players, 
starters, bench. I would argue seriously that Shaq Johnson better be somewhere on that team. I mean, we might have to bend the rules a little bit, but I got to get Shaq on my team. So I would take a Shaq Johnson any day. So just to, just to point that out, that's a guy that I have fun watching and was definitely a leader for Marshall basketball. But I was putting together a team today. I would probably take a Shaq Johnson. I would take an Elmore and Burks, obviously. Uh, I would take a John Taft and a Skip Henderson. I'd have to have those weapons on my team. The rest I leave to you. Maybe that's a question. Maybe put together the all-time greatest roster. You can go from the beginning of herd basketball to now. Put together the best roster. I'm leaving that one to you. That's going to be your homework assignment. I've been doing your homework the last couple of days. I'm putting it up on you now. And you can send me those, of course, at Paul Swan on Twitter, at Paul Swan. Where would, um, where would Shaq end up? Where would Josh Perkey end up? Where would J.R. Van Hoos end up? Where would he go? And he didn't make the duo list. I know. I didn't get called out for that. What's wrong with you guys? I'm surprised you didn't call me out for that. Now I'm having a, a, a J.R. Van Hoos option for you. So yeah, we might have to do this one all over again. But that's the poll results right now. Elmore and Burks, uh, the winner out of that group. Yeah, deliberately older group and then Elmore and Burks. We'll see if we put him up against some younger, fresher competition and see what those guys do. And so you can do that on Twitter again, at Paul Swan. We're going to take our next break. We'll come back. We will carry on with today's edition of The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Don't worry. Paul Swan has the wheel on The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back to the Thursday, June 20th edition, The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. Thanks for tuning in. Glad you could be a part of today's show. Happy West Virginia Day to all of you here in the Mountain State and those of you not but celebrating your home state's birthday. That's right. Looking pretty good for 156, don't, don't, don't you think? Don't you think? So tonight's the NBA draft, and uh, we'll watch that tonight. And by the way, if you can't watch the draft tonight, don't forget, you can listen to it right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We don't have Pirates baseball tonight, so guess what? It times perfectly. We got the NBA draft, so you can tune into that and listen to the draft tonight. If you can't watch it, right here, again, on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. So one thing I found interesting today, and uh, no, it's not women's soccer because they've just been rolling everybody like a supervillain, and I, I'm on board with that. If they want to roll people like some supervillain, go for it. Keep rolling teams. I love it. But no, the story that interested me the most today is the Tampa Bay Rays. Major League Baseball has actually given them permission to look into a plan, to explore the opportunity, the, the plan here, they would play home games in both the Tampa Bay area and Montreal. So that's what's coming out of the commissioner's office today. Rob Manfred said that is a possibility. Now, the Rays are saying this is the most feasible solution to save baseball in the Tampa Bay area. They have not been able to build a new stadium. They can't get it done. I'm, for one, okay with that because billionaires should be spending their own billions 
if they want to build a new stadium, they should be footing a big chunk of the bill. Again, you're a billionaire, right? You own a Major League Baseball team. Foot some of the cost here. But, no, taxpayers have always got to foot the cost because they'll sell you some story that, you know, if, if you don't give us a new stadium, we can't stay, and then, you know, you're going to lose all the benefits of having us. Yeah, what benefit am I going to lose? Uh, a lower tax bill? I'm going to lose the benefit of having lower taxes taken out of my paycheck because the city or the county is going to tax me for the privilege of um, building that thing for you? Yeah, I can see why. Stadiums are sometimes a it's highway robbery. Now, I agree you should have quality facilities here, but I'm going to be honest with you. A new stadium is not going to make me go to a Tampa Bay Lightnings game, but or a Tampa Bay Rays game, or any team in Tampa, to be, be, be perfectly clear. So the Rays are looking to play some of their games in Montreal. Here's the deal. They're going to play early season games in the Tampa Bay area, and then the remainder of the year, they'll be in Montreal. So both cities will be getting new stadiums. The number of home games each city will receive has not been determined. They're describing this as a long-term project. Because here's what they want to do. They want to play early games in Florida because then they wouldn't need a dome stadium. And that would cut the cost of a new building. And then they would go to Montreal to fill in the void after the Expos were moved to Washington. And they've got already some backing there. So they're going to get a new stadium. So they're going to get two new stadiums out of this deal. They're going to get one in Montreal. And they're going to get one for their springtime home with Tampa Bay. And I don't think this is going to fly. What do you call them? Are they the Tampa Bay Rays? Are they the Montreal Rays? Are they the Tampa Bay Rays when they're in Tampa? Are they the Montreal Expos or whatever you want to call them when they're in Montreal? I don't know how this works. I don't think this is, I mean, you've had this happen before. Remember, the Expos did play 22 home games in Puerto Rico back in 2003. And you have seen in the NBA teams split. Well, keep in mind, the Kings in the 70s, they split. Kansas City, Missouri, and Omaha and Nebraska split home games. That's a terrible idea because, one, I have no identity if I try to present this to you. Who do I belong to as a franchise? We're basically saying that if the franchise was a thing here, a person. I mean, we're treating the franchise like a person, the identity here. You know, who am I? Am I, am I Tampa Bay? Am I Tampa Bay's franchise? Am I Montreal's franchise? No, you, that's not how it works. Like I, I am a Tampa Bay Rays fan, I because that's my team. It's like saying that okay, the as we see, college is so much easier, my friends. College is so much easier. You know why? You know why college is so much easier? Because this is Marshall University. They play their games in Huntington, and they've even fixed the base. Marshall baseball thought this was a bad idea. Marshall's been sharing their team with the Tri-State and sharing their team with every city in Huntington, Charleston, Route 2, Bluefield, 
Did they play any in Ashland, Kentucky, Ironton, Ohio? No. No. It doesn't work. You want to play in one location. So, all right. Bad idea. I get it. You want a new stadium. You want a new stadium. You've got a lease through Tropicana Field. It goes to 2027. And so you got to find a stadium site in Florida because you want to get a new deal here. You want to do a dual deal here, Tampa Bay and Montreal, and get some new facilities. And they got to wait till 2028 because, well, they have a lease through 2027. Not getting out of that. Uh, this is the most ridiculous plan ever. And here's the thing. Uh, their average attendance is 14,546. They've got the lowest payroll in baseball. On opening day, they had the lowest payroll. They have the second lowest attendance. They have a bad TV deal. Guess what? Go relocate. Don't try to keep baseball in Tampa. Relocate. Owners do it all the time. If your fans aren't showing up, if you can't generate revenue, relocate. Now, hey, saying that, you don't want to see a team uh, move from its community, but obviously the Tampa Bay fans aren't showing up. 14,546, that's the second lowest of the majors. And if you need a new stadium, because after all, not good baseball, but stadiums generate revenue in the majors. Oh, no, no, we don't need to win. They just need fans to show up and take advantage of $19 hot dogs. Don't laugh, it's getting there. Don't laugh. You will one day be that guy who pays $19 for a hot dog at the ballpark. That's why you get the dollar dogs, man. You go to the stadium, you get the dollar dogs. You go to a Reds game, you get the dollar dogs. You have to put all the condiments on yourself, but that's one small price to pay instead of paying for the the dogs that not dollar. Just pro tip right there. Okay. Yeah, I don't know where I feel about this. I don't know where I'm going with this because uh, either make it work in Tampa Bay or, you know what, Montreal. You've got baseball again. The NBA seems to be finding some success in Canada right now. Maybe baseball can find a little bit more success in Canada as well. Maybe a Montreal baseball team will give Montreal that championship they haven't had since 1993 in the Stanley Cup. I don't count anything that was won in the Grey Cup because it's Canadian football. And that does it for this edition of the show. Our producer today, Gabriel Sellers. Appreciate him for being a part of the program. For Gabriel, I'm Paul. Don't forget, if you missed any part of the program, you can always go back on social media. Find it on Twitter. I post it every day. You can also listen on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn, Spotify, or you can go to our website, WRVC.com. And that's going to do it for this edition of The Drive. We'll talk to you tomorrow here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.
WRBC Huntington, W227BS Huntington, your flagship home of the Marshall Thundering Herd and The Drive with Paul Swan, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.